What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast. But sometimes we kind of veer a little bit off the horror path, but we still kind of stay adjacent. We're silly like that. Yeah, we, we, we sometimes go down the side road. And, uh, and we're going to be discussing Scott Beck and Brian Woods's 65 today. Yeah, uh, I think this is a movie that came out a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I, now it's available. So. It's available everywhere. You can buy it or rent to buy it or buy it digitally and whatnot. So we finally had a chance to check it out. And this is one I know Boozy specifically was very, very hyped on this one. I feel like this was catered to like, I don't know, the pitch had for this had to be like to rock but yeah. in space which is something we've been talking about for a while well sort of in space sort of not <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it either way i'm very very excited about this episode um have been having a lot of fun with you mm-hmm. new metal march was a success even though new metal march slash april yep but who's yep. counting really who's counting yeah either way the lads are back and uh i guess we're just gonna talk about horror movie stuff that we've seen recently Can and i ask uh, are you do you do you feel like you're you're not falling? Are you? Do you feel like you're standing right now? I do feel like I'm not standing. crawling. I feel like I've gotten out of the new metal March slash April, but it's still always going to live within us. We know that we can never fully get rid you can't, of it. Yeah, you can't take that away from us. You could torture no. us. I mean, like <laughs> cock and ball torture us. I can tell you what something sixty five could have benefited from. That's some mud vein. Oh man! Well, Every they're working movie. on a new album, so yeah, they should have just delayed it and then tacked on that hip new mud i can see that the dudes in their 50s are gonna really release some slappers well maybe if they do the sequel 365 we'll get uh we'll get a full mudbane soundtrack from it that'd be very nice there we go i just want to say quickly shout out to our boy daniel eppler of the cobwebs podcast yes was uh very sweet and nice enough to message us to tell us about ghost ship and ghost ship and is there a Death ship. Death ship, Death Ship, yes, which yeah. him and uh Lindsay Wilkins did an episode on. Which I, I guess, now by the time this is coming out, we're getting closer and closer to the time you'll be able to hear myself, Lindsay Wilkins, and Daniel on Cobwebs talking about the Hills Have Eyes, the original one. Mm-hmm. Um, something else I wanted to plug is I was recently on a on a podcast called Everything Went Black with Michael Hill, and uh, he's a vocalist, guitar player of Tombs, which is like a legendary metal band, and he's become a listener of the show. And oh, he's yeah. he's a great dude. He has a horror podcast of his own called Necromaniacs, which I've been binging like a mofo. Uh, but we're definitely going to have that guy on soon because he's an absolute treat. Um, but if you haven't heard enough about me talking about myself and filmmaking, you can go and check out that episode. I was joined with uh, Scott Hamilton, the composer of The Druid's Hand slash All Around Badass from Ken Mode. Hell yeah. Uh, but that was that was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed talking to those guys. I'm just feeling back on podcasting feeling yeah, like good I, I get it it's uh you know we're getting close to that season where we all want to be outside and what better time to catch a f- podcasting fire than right now <laughs> exactly <laughs> so boozy do you want to lead us off with something that you've seen recently boy do i ever i've seen some random stuff and i i want to boast a little bit and it's something i can't back up so if you call cap on me then whatever um i have watched more movies this month than i have in years just going through screen fuck yeah and that, that's that, well and that's also the frustrating part because there's there's some great stuff that i really want to talk about and i can't um but you know you know that that's the that's the screener struggle 
Of you course, know? but tell tell our listeners, because especially our Saskatchewan-based listeners, tell us why you've been watching so many movies. Uh, because coming up June 2nd to 4th at the Broadway Theatre, we are curating an awesome lineup of horror films for the second annual Dark Bridges Film Fest. Yeah. So that's all horror-centric stuff. Um, we recently were uh, compounding the lineup of what we think we're going to have, and, and I'm really fucking excited as soon as we know i'm gonna be posting about it but yeah hell yeah i just i just wanted to say that uh, on a personal note this is the most movie like i i feel drained in a weird way but also like my mind feels like jimmy neutron maybe like a little like oblong <laughs> yeah, you're elevated. shaped yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> that's awesome man no i love to hear that we'll have to have john and jeff back on the show soon so that we can maybe break down the dark bridges lineup yeah. this year that would be fantastic because I, I think this is like a really strong, strong year. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's talk about me in a different aspect. Let's talk about what I've watched. So the first thing is something that Mitch, you talked about the other episode. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go check this out. So I went and watched 1990s Jacob's Ladder. Ooh. Yeah. That, that was quick. And that's a heavy movie. So if you've been watching lots of stuff, I'm sure oh. it was kind of brain numbing a little bit oh well and i think that i the good part of it for myself is that i watched this before i got real heavy into the screeners like i just started so i had like more brain capacity left i also like that if you google jacob's ladder without like putting movie in there eventually you will get to a stepping machine that some gyms have um and just every time i see it at a gym i i laugh a little bit i lost some weight on a jacob's ladder once you know what i'm talking about it's it yeah that like it's a fucking crazy good workout yeah (laughs) it's like the one where you you, like run kind of uphill yeah you're like climbing yeah you're you're on all fours and you have like this like safety harness yep no it's intense stuff just like the film Uh, what'd you think yeah just like the film and like i had said before i had seen bits and pieces but this is my first viewing of it in full and holy shit what a heavy film and i just i it um how would i describe this in a fun way i feel like it's being stabbed and somebody just slowly twisting the blade on you just to to see what you just to see what you do right because it it's so dark and and you feel really invested in this character and what he's going through and then trying to sort what reality you're in with him because you have this extremely unreliable narrator um, and just the, the subtle elements of, uh, you know, you kind of have this, this horror of just this guy losing himself. And then you'll have these random scenes where it's people with disfigured faces or bodies. And yeah, like I said, with the unreliable narrator, you never know what is truly going on, but it's all terrifying. Yeah. It's dark shit. It is. It is very dark. And I, I think that, um, how would I how would I explain? I th- I think that having that element of of the war so close to like you know like obviously they're they're talking about like the Vietnam War is what they're basing it off of. I, I think that it's just such strong material because it also is talking about like the subject matter is that these like people come home just absolutely broken. Yeah, no, it's kind of a timeless story in a sense because as sad as that is, like that shit still happens, you know, mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, no, I'm happy you checked it out because I mean, shout out Cody Charleston, who uh, sent a he sent me a picture. He was on Snapchat. He was reading the Jacob's Ladder script after I had spoken about it last week. So 
first yeah, of all, you, it's just nice to hear that people are still listening. <laughs> yeah, you've uh, <laughs> you're swaying people to take take out uh, watching or reading about Jacob's Ladder. I didn't watch the is it the 2019 yeah, remake we, or whatever we, you no said one, to not. No one watched that. I didn't. I didn't watch that either. But uh, yeah, the, the I just I don't know that one just kind of really hit me recently. That 1990 mm-hmm. version and fuck, it's dark, hey. It is, it is so dark and it, yeah, I think that, uh, there's, there is that like timelessness to that story of just like a, a broken brain trying to deal with, with life. Yeah. It's the scariest kind of horror in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. no pun intended. It's just like, yeah, the, the theater of the mind and what, what our own subconscious can lead us towards and the things that can break us are kind of all around us. And it's, it's just such a heavy, but it also like, it just works so well. Cause Tim Robbins is like, that was, you know, him leading up to the peak of his game, Jacob's ladder, Shawshank redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, he's such an incredible actor and he ended up doing a lot of like kind of schlocky stuff, but you just can't take away the performance in that movie and the imagery. hundred percent. I think that's probably one of its strongest suits aside from uh, just the narration itself is when you do have those graphic scenes, they don't shy away from what no, they're showing you. And I think that yeah. makes the impact so much more. Yeah, it is wild, wild stuff. So Jacob's Ladder, uh, do you want me to knock one off next? Yeah, anything sure. else you want to say? Okay. Nope, that's all for Jacob's Ladder. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I decided Saturday night I wanted to go out and see a flick. And I was like, there's got to be some kind of horror. You were like, I'm going to treat yourself. Yeah. I was like, uh, you know, because I'm not going to make a big deal of this, but you you and I have talked off air and uh, I've had a lot, a really difficult time focusing on stuff lately. I've just had a lot going on. And uh, I was like, you know, just go to a movie. That's you you always got to just visit your trusty movie theater and you're kind of forced to just watch a flick. And I was like, something good's got to be out. Still haven't seen John Wick. Um, could have seen Renfield, which I hear some people I've heard. It's like five out of five. Others are like, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And that makes me so intrigued to see it because I trust both people, <laughs> like all the people that I've heard kind of, you know, long and, story and it's short. part of your Nick Cage Renaissance film. Exactly. And I, yeah, I do love Nick Cage, but I will admit that the trailer didn't do much for me. It just didn't kind of look like uh, something I was in the mood for, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I decided to go see the Pope's Exorcist. I hadn't even heard about this. I'm not going to lie. We talked about this on the podcast. I said, there's a movie. I think it was, it was our first new metal March movie. Cause this is one of the writers wrote the movie, the right with Anthony Hopkins. It's uh, Russell, Russell Crowe. Okay. Okay. Uh, Russell Crowe is the Pope's exorcist. Okay. How's Russell Crowe looking? I, okay. This is all coming back to me. How's he, how's he doing? First of all, I'm going to say, yeah, the movie is directed by Julius Avery, who has also directed a movie that I know I really loved. I can't remember how you felt about it, but Overlord um, is the director of Overlord. And yeah, this is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Overlord was really well done. I just wasn't into the story. Yeah. I, I, and I, I, I loved it. Like, that's I just, do remember you. Who's was that? Russell? Wyatt, Wyatt Russell. Or, yeah. Kurt Russell's son. Kurt Russell. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the Pope's exorcist follows Gabriel Amort, uh, the Vatican's leading exorcist, as he investigates the possession of a child and uncovers a conspiracy the Vatican has tried to keep a secret. So Gabriel Amort is the priest that the movie The Exorcist is based around. Um, it's, he's the real historical priest that, uh, that Friedkin and William Peter, Peter Blatty based the book around. And uh, there's even a really great documentary called The Devil and Father of Mort, which was, I believe, directed by Friedkin. 
Um, all I know is he's in it. Uh, but you know me, I'm always kind of a, a glutton for this kind of religious horror and especially the stuff that's like based right in Rome and the Vatican. I'm like, oh, yeah, baby, <laughs> let's is, dig up some skeletons. This is your monster movie. This, like equivalent. You, you know that like I love, <laughs> like I love monster movies, but I do. I fall victim to this shit a lot. <laughs> but like you're aware of like bad monster movies or like bad Sasquatch movies. Yes. Yeah. Totally, totally. But this one, I will admit, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh boy, this does not look good. This looks rough. Um, so I don't know why I was like, Jason, you want to go see the Pope's Exorcist tonight? And we did. And I will say, it's not that bad. Like this movie actually has some some redeemable factors about it. It was better than I was expecting. As a whole, this movie owes everything to Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is such a good fucking actor. And I know you and I, are you, are you a fan of Russell Crowe? I wasn't for a long time, but uh, Unhinged really like yes. it hit shout, home. From- shout out <laughs> It's Unhinged. like his taxi driver. <laughs> I know it's his falling down. We got to, and I knew that we were going to sing the praises of Unhinged because I will be honest as there were moments of this movie that, you know, teetered on uh, good. <laughs> Uh, I still the entire time was just like, fuck, I can't wait to go home and watch Unhinged again. And that's a movie that nobody, I don't know anyone else who likes that movie other than us. It's a little jewel for me. Yeah. It for is. Us. I, I feel like the truth is like, you know, it's just going to, that movie is a fucking blast. And one of these days, the world is going to catch up to us. Everyone's going to realize that Unhinged is great. We're going to see it in one of those like top 10 underrated movies it and is like, so, like a watch mojo list in five years. It is unbelievably underrated. Um, but the Pope's Exorcist, it's, it's fine. I just think um, the movie as a whole dips a tad below mid, <laughs> like just a, just a tad below. Um, but moments of it, bo- like moments of the movie kind of border on insulting because it's kind of just retreading the whole possession, possession movie. This is every possession movie that you've ever seen. You're I was going to say, see- your synopsis is like, you could just keep listing movies that are that. Yeah, no, it's it's very, very much retread of a lot of other things. But you know what? Sometimes that's okay. And that, that's mm-hmm. something I think is going to come up again, uh, at least in one of the other movies I'm talking about. Sometimes familiar territory is okay. The movie looks really good. Like the the setting, the set pieces, all that just looks awesome. But bottom line is Russell Crowe truly does steal the show. Like I remember when I saw the trailer, I'm like, man, is he just taking a pay? Like you, you can't help but feel like maybe this is just a paycheck. It absolutely was not that for him. Like he really brought it in the movie and he's like really charming. And he, he brought his whole Russie to the, <laughs> he brought the Russie. Yep. Um, they, Dude, just there is multiple moments in this movie where you watch thick ass Russell Crowe, and I'm talking mm-hmm. CC thick. Um, Russell Crowe dressed like a priest, ripping around in a Vespa around Rome, and it justifies the price of admission. Like me and Jason were smiling ear to ear every time it cut to the streets, and you see Russell Crowe dressed like a priest with shades on, rolling around in a Vespa, and he just looks bad ass just bad I feel like to the, the only thing better was to have been like you didn't realize that this was being filmed and just seeing him out in the wild doing oh, that yeah it is <laughs> those are by far the best parts of the movie uh i really really enjoyed those and i low-key have them saved on my phone <laughs> i know like it's something i just look at when i'm want to laugh right. 
for any um, Russell Crowe Vespa fans, uh, here you go. There's a smorgasbord, it sounds like. Yeah, it's definitely worth the price of admission just for that. Um, but yeah, there are there's some there's some moments that like the the dialogue and the VFX is truly laughable. Uh, but J- like Jason Hamill, he did his signature burst into laughter when the Demon Boy quoted Paul W S Anderson's cinematic video game adaptation masterpiece Mortal Kombat. He straight up quoted Shang Tsung and says, "Your soul is mine," <laughs> and that was just that was magic it was magic loved that moment um but yeah like the makeup effects on the possessed kid throughout the movie like you can even see that from the trailer some of it looks kind of shoddy but by the end man like there were the kid looked so good like the makeup on actually him looked, they didn't show any of that in the trailer but like the makeup looked so creepy and like yeah the the effects team definitely crushed it on that uh, but just as a whole it's fine it's a movie that I probably will never watch again, um, but it really was like it was not the disaster I was expecting it to be. And I think that's all to do with Russell Crowe's performance. Like he that dude just brings it like he he was not sleeping through this at all. Like you could tell he he wanted to do that. He wanted to be in that role. He was relishing in it and he just was loving every second of it. it it's nice to hear that he's like putting effort into his films even if they are this which might feel like a little bit of a waste um there's because he is like i I, he's really won me over as as a a really good actor and i understand why people really liked him i know that he kind of came from more of like an action movie background but it's interesting to see how his career has has come and twisted and turned yeah no he is he's so good and yeah like you know speaking of twisting and turning it's like every single exorcism movie that you've ever seen all of that stuff can be found here if you're a fan of that stuff like me you're going to at least have some sort of fun watching this movie i don't recommend rushing out to the theater to see it but this is one that would be you know it's it's fine it's it was it was fun enough like i was yeah i had a good enough time with it uh but it's quite yeah it's quite it gets so campy near the end like it goes full blown, like wild, dude. Like I, I want you to see it so you can see how fucking crazy it gets. Okay, I have to ask then. With that being said, um, how are the rules of this film in terms of like what the demon can do and not do? Is it oh, just like free no reign? Rules. Yeah, there's no rules. It's kind of jumping between bodies at a couple parts, and oh, so it's just convenience yeah. horror. Yeah, it's definitely like because I know that you know a lot of. A lot of like, you know, uh, Father Amorti had written many, many books uh, on like his exorcisms and his journey and like with the Vatican and, you know, playing this role. And, uh, you know, it obviously inspired the greatest horror movie ever made, The Exorcist. But uh, it's they definitely just go full blown horror movie. Like this is like popcorn, crowd pleasing horror. It's like a Bloomhouse. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's. Yeah, I don't even know how to comment on that. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's just very, very middle of the road. Uh, okay, but uh, yeah, no, it, it was fine. It was definitely okay. All uh, right, so, so we got a, a mid review on that. I one. could have gone and saw like I should. All I could think about like, why the fuck didn't I go see John Wick four? <laughs> like, I know I'm gonna love that well, movie, but maybe you didn't have four extra hours. That's exactly it. I was like, I don't know if I can sit in a theater for that long right now. With, the way my brain is uh, yeah that's a lot of distracting in yeah. one sitting. Pope, pope's exorcist did the trick 
definitely did the trick but i still i really want to go see renfield especially after seeing because the trailer did nothing for me but yeah, me seeing, either. I, I, like i was hoping it would at least be like funnier and kind of uh like what we do in shadows you know yeah. what i mean like yeah apparently i've just heard it's extremely violent and you know i love nick cage so uh, i'm definitely big... gonna try and try and get out to that one i i appreciate you you've been a nick cage fan from the get-go so yeah, you've before been rolling cool. with him yeah before yeah. it was cool yeah exactly all right man well do you want to give me another one? Oh yeah i got lots this week good so, stuff me too i got three fucking... more uh I do as well. Uh, okay, so this is my first one, uh, or my next one. Uh, this is on Tubi, uh, Canadian and American Tubi, if you want to check this out. From 2015, it's a body horror film called Bite, and it's directed by Chad Archibald. So it's about a woman who goes on vacation for her bachelorette party and gets bit on the butt while she's sitting on a toilet. <laughs> I'm not joking, which is a terrible fear of, I think, a lot of people that like a, a giant bug or like a snake will like attach themselves. That's to why body. I don't go to Australia. Yeah. Okay. That's a real fear, though, right? Like, have you thought Absolutely. about that? Like, there would be like an, uh, like an invasive thing just crawling up your butt. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. reverse dream catcher. Ex- yeah, exactly. Remember that um, dream catcher slugs shooting out the butt? So, yeah, this is directed by Chad Archibald. He's a Canadian boy. This is a Canadian film. Um, and it basically, so once this woman gets home from being bitten, she's complaining about her bug bite and it progressively gets worse and worse and things start happening that are more and more strange. Uh, I guess the closest thing that is very apt in comparison is this is kind of like a Canadian lower budget version of the fly. They, they have a lot of ideas that you, um, see in the fly that they kind of have their own twist on and I, I actually really enjoyed this film i think it did a great job um just being gross with the body horror effects i know that's very hard to do especially when you're working with maybe a smaller budget but i think they did a great job in just being really fucking gross <clears throat> so they have like a couple scenes and you know how much i love body horror like towards yeah. the end there's some really good like I would say like kind of like cocooning scenes and there's like some melting stuff in here. It's very much like if you, if you like the fly, um, not saying this is as good as the fly, but it, it's a, it's a fun body horror type film that I think some people might get uh, some enjoyment out of. So sweet. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the poster for this one a lot, but I've never, I've never clicked play. I'd seen it on a list and it was the same thing for me. It was one that had kind of uh, passed by a couple of times and then I saw someone recommend it. So it's like, yeah, I'll give it a try. Nice. Sweet. All right. So that's Bite from 2015. And you said it was on Tubi. Correct. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to talk. The next one I'm going to talk about was very, very good. Uh, this is a new movie that it, it came out in January of this year. And it's finally available to for uh, for rental. So I gave it a watch yesterday. Um, I am talking about missing. Have you heard about missing? I haven't missing. All yeah. right, I'm intrigued already. Yes, this is one that I definitely know you're gonna dig. It's uh, not it's not straight up horror by any means. Definitely not. Um, but like movies, like I've been saying for a while that I can't stand technology in movies and like movies that have like scenes where texts are popping up or various websites typing sounds but at the end of the day i realized i'm like all the movies i'm about to name like this i really like like the unfriended movies 
searching yes. Yes. host have you seen searching yes i actually went and saw that in theater right. um, you, that you loved a, that one yeah that was a, i thought that was a really good film yeah yeah and no it's I, a good i um i totally agree with you about the we've had this conversation obviously but the the technology thing being kind of bothersome and it's like oh god here we're watching this bullshit again and somebody but who then like, you end up getting a good movie like unfriended yeah, it, or search exactly or host yeah and unfriended this is, is its own little thing with that but yeah i really yeah. like unfriended too i think this is the best one out of all of them really and as far as i like i'm pretty sure it's it's in like the searching universe like it's there's the search uh, verse there's like people who are involved with the with searching who are involved with this one but yeah the directors oh it says it's a sequel okay is that what it is bloody just i'm sorry i'm just looking through pictures here and it says uh missing is a sequel to searching yeah and it makes oh yeah and right on the cover it says uh from the minds behind searching okay so yeah it is very much like searching. okay so this is like a search verse exactly and i i i personally like this one way more than searching and searching was good Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really, really dug this one. It's uh, it stars Storm Reed. Storm Reed is so good in this movie. Uh, Tim Griffin, Nia Long. Either way, yeah, this is a movie where it, the synopsis is after her mother goes missing, a young woman tries to find her, find her from home using tools available to her online. So it is one of those screen movies. Like I said, I I shit on those, and then I go, wait a minute, I like all <laughs> these movies. Um, but yeah, it's they're this movie guilty is, until proven innocent in your mind. This movie is exceptionally edited. The the movie, like the editing in this movie is truly fucking boggling how how well it's all put together. And uh it's just a truly intense experience. I mean, it worked for me very, very well. I like I said, I think this uh, the lead storm read is fantastic and the twists and turns work. And uh by the end of it, I was like, it's kind of like sweating in my bed, like it. I've had trouble focusing on things over the last couple of weeks. And this is the one that really cracked it for me. Like I was glued to the screen while I was watching it. And I'm like, I'm watching a bunch of zoom videos and, <laughs> and like someone's searching up online. And it's like, these are, these are all things that I should theoretically not like. Uh, but the story is just so well put together that, like I said, the twists and turns, like you can't really ever tell where it's going. And um, yeah, I, I don't want to spoil anything. I just think it's one that is definitely worth a look this year. If you haven't seen it, it's it's like it's not a horror movie. It's more of a thriller. Um, there's moments that kind of delves into like, oh, is this going to take a horror turn? And, you know, depending what your definition of horror is, it does go that route. But uh, I just I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was really fucking good. I'm definitely I, I can't believe I didn't like hear anything about this and see a trailer. I'm definitely going to check this out, especially if now we're getting this is the universe that I want. I want the missing verse. That's yeah. a cool. That's a universe. I'll chuck my wagon behind. I want another unfriended. <laughs> I like, want another unfriended if it goes back to how the first one was. And I want more dark web. Like, yeah, I, I fucking <laughs> love dark web. They're they're both fun, but yeah, I definitely I dug Dark Web even more. And yeah, I don't know. This one it's just it's obviously a little more realistic. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's just a it's a really cool movie. So that's missing. Definitely recommend. All right. I mean I'll definitely that's going on the list and I'll check that out. Yeah, peep game. I'll peep game right after <laughs> I watch Pacifier. All right. So the next one I checked out. This one's a classic. This is a retro that I really I'd heard a little bit about this but never bothered to check it out. And I'm glad I finally did because it's bizarre and it's cool. So I checked out 1974's Deranged, also known as Deranged Confessions of a Necrophile. 
from 1974. Dude, this movie has been on my list for years and I've never seen it. This is one about Ed Gein, right? Correct. Uh, this is uh, one about Ed Gein. Um, they obviously take a couple liberties with it, but it's very, very similar even to the the point where they have a narrator at the start who tells you that it's based off of that and kind of pops in now and again to tell you a little bit about what's going. It gives you like a little bit of extra story. It's very interesting because they play it as like a, a detective who is like on the scene, but then it just goes back to being like an actual film. It's very cool that way. Anyway, very cool practical effects. I, I was blown away by this. Um, I wasn't expecting a ton. I was just like, okay, this is kind of a, you know, this is your, obviously your, your old school thriller uh, slasher, which is what we like, you know, this is mm-hmm. in your, your black Christmas, Texas chainsaw wheelhouse. And yeah, very cool. I, I think that um, who's the main guy. I can't remember his name. Robert Blossom, Ezra Cobb. Yes. Uh, Robert, Robert Blossom is fantastic in this. He is an excellent Ed Gein. He is truly deranged in this and uh, all the extra dialogue that they have in here and how he plays this, this character is just like the obsessed killer. It is very, very cool. And yeah, like I have to give so many props to the practical effects. I wasn't expecting a ton. And then it cuts right to a scene of like him grave robbing and then actually like uh, using uh, a hacksaw to like cut open somebody's skull and start rooting around in their brain. And it looks so good. Yummy, yummy. Yeah. Oh, delicious. Anyway, this fantastic film, it kind of, it, it turns itself into kind of a silly slasher by the end where, you know, it's the classic women screaming and running around in circles with the, you know, the guy chasing with a knife, but there's a lot of really cool, uh, imagery and scenes in here i definitely think that you should check it out uh, i think a lot of people should check this out this seems like a very um a building block slasher that maybe has been a little bit lost to time and you see so much of watching this it so much of it it reminds me of like texas chainsaw like they have so many similarities yeah see that makes me more interested in seeing it. it's like i like henry portrait of a serial killer but it's like a movie i never want to watch like mm-hmm. ever um and i for some reason thought that it might go more that route or like angst uh but it looks like it was on a double feature dvd with motel hell which is an absolute blast isn't so, that gordon ramsay show also called motel hell <laughs> it's ho- ho- hotel, hotel hell maybe like, maybe mo- man have you not seen motel hell because you would love motel hell i think that's so yeah like with the pig mask no i haven't no i haven't Dude. Yeah, we got it. Okay, so we'll do an okay. episode on that. Maybe that'll be like our greasy summer series. We'll do like a oh, summer slash. Greasy slasher or summer. Greasy We're summer slash. Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna peep game on deranged. Yeah, I I think um, the the one thing I will say that maybe lets lets it off a little bit in terms of separating itself from the actual. You know, we always talk about like watching slashers that kind of glorify the killer itself. Not that way back then they were as worried about that sort of thing, but they did a, a good job of when he's actually like attacking the women. It's kind of more goofy. It feels like the real serious stuff they they hold off for when he's talking to his corpses or you know the voices in his head. So yeah, I'd definitely check this out. Feels like a little bit like Texas Chainsaw, a little bit like Psycho. You know, lands somewhere in that range. And 
you know, obviously don't expect either of those. There's a reason this was lost to time in comparison to those, but this yeah. is definitely something you should check out. No, for sure. That, yeah, I'm definitely way more interested in seeing it now, hearing you talk about it that way. Um, cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll revisit in the summertime. Uh, the next one. I'm interested to hear what you think of this. Yeah. I'm sure I'll like it, Max. I, I lo- like, also I saw, I was just watching, looking on IMDb and it's like movies like this and it's like pieces you've seen like i did an episode on pieces with uh jeff Thiessen and johnny pander my name jeff my name and, jeff <laughs> and uh pieces is fucking amazing if you haven't seen that like you got to put pieces at the top of your list uh but yeah it looks like it's compared to that movie quite a bit all right so the next one i'm going to talk about is one that i haven't heard you talk about but i saw on on letterbox when i logged it that you've seen this uh, so it is another 2023, or I guess 2022, but technically everyone's able to see it in 2023. Movie written and directed by Robbie Banfitch, The Outwaters. I, you know what? That's right. I think that it might have landed in a period where, like, we hadn't recorded in a while, and I yeah. thought I had talked about it already, but I hadn't. So fuck yeah, let's crack. This let's one yeah, let's do this one together. So I, I like that dude. I went from having like haven't been able to watch like anything over a couple of weeks. And then yesterday I watched four movies and I was like, I woke up this Monday morning. Like that was yesterday. And I was like, fuck me. My soul needs those days where I just watch horror movies. Cause I feel so much better today. And like, that's what I was fired up to podcast is just even watch, just watching movies just gives me life. Uh, and I haven't been able to do it recently. So anyways, you just woke up rock hard. That's exactly it. Um, I decided to put on actually 65 was the first one I started with yesterday. Uh, but yeah, then I went to the outwaters. So this one is a found footage horror flick about four travelers encountering menacing phenomena while camping in a remote stretch of the Mojave desert. So this is one that has been getting a ton of, uh, I don't know if I'd say claim. Like I, I think people, there's a lot of people who have really, really loved it. It's had the Skinamarink effect, and I think for for good reason. You can understand why this movie is being compared to Skinamarink in a lot of ways. Um, but it's an experimental found footage movie. It's effective, but understandably annoying for a lot of people to watch. Uh, I know, like I'm not going to be rushing out to see this one again anytime soon. But I do. I commend the style of found footage where they they kind of. You know, it sounds like I'm making fun of it here, but I'm not. But where they shake the camera for an hour and cover up their budget. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, with this movie, it kind of works like Skinamarink, where. But the thing is, Skinamarink got under my skin and it shook me with like the tiny semblance of a present of a premise that it actually did have. Mm-hmm. Uh, like with Skinamarink, you're waking up in the middle of the night in, a, in your childhood home, yada, yada, yada. We've talked about that movie a lot. Um, but like Skinamarink, the the sound design in this movie is the true star. I think the sound design is fucking amazing in this movie. Uh, but the Outwaters, on the other hand of Skinamarink, it's just purely, purely style and artistic expression and seemingly nothing more than that. So uh, there's like a series of like indistinguishable sequences that are equally unsettling as they are annoying in my eyes. Like there's there's moments yeah. where I'm like, I get what you're doing. And like parts of it, it, it's like, it starts working for me. And then I'm like, all right, but where are we going? This is an hour and 50 minutes. Like I, I need to know what, what I'm looking at here. And uh, they're not really interested in showing you that it's just like, it's just moments th- of pure chaos where you can only see like an inch of the screen. I guess I'm eager to hear what you thought. Yeah. Um, 
you know, the more you talk about this and, and me thinking about it again, because it has been a minute since I watched it, it just, it does remind me that, yeah. And uh, I was really excited to watch this. This had been on my like watch list for a while and I was waiting, waiting for it to come out in VOD because yeah, it like, it looked right up our alley. It's, you know, it's obviously first off it's found footage, which like I'm sold on and I heard a lot of good stuff about it. So going and watching it, um, I, yeah, I, I felt fairly disappointed with it too. It, it, it is very long, especially for a found footage and you're right. It, it does, uh, the classic thing we've talked about this, even with the, another comparison for found footage is the like running around in a forest. Yeah. Night. Which the Blair, Witch is one of our favorite movies of all time, but like, right. you know, that was the Blair, Witch. but you know what you need to have, uh, a little bit more payoff, a little bit more yeah. story there. And I think that I agree. It, it just, it became like very artsy running around, which is, which is fantastic for like, especially for like found footage to have something that has a little bit of stylisticness within it. That's, that's something that's, I wouldn't say easy to do either. Like there's a, you know, that it's a special thing to make it not look like shit. And even when it is that like shaky back and forth that it, you know, you're still comprehensive and can feel where it's going. Um, yeah. It just overall, it, it, do, it did feel like uh, it, it just, I felt empty after watching it. Like I, I wanted yeah. a little bit more, a little bit more conclusion. Um, and maybe, you know, I obviously it's, it's engineered for me to maybe not, get that but yeah um yeah it's just, just it's just weird that i loved skinnamarink so much and it might might have just been my mood but i also i didn't see outwaters in the theater i kind of wish i did but mm -hmm. at the same time it's like i have a pretty decent sound system at home and like uh you've seen my tv i got a decent tv and uh i still like i wouldn't say that i i definitely didn't hate it it's just for me it's so comparable to skinnamarink and my allegiance is so heavily with that one. Like that one really actually affected me. I know I'm pretty sure you actually like Outwaters more than Skin and Marink. Yes. But I did yeah. not like either of these tremendously, but I really did not like Skin and Marink. And yeah, uh, <laughs> and that's understandable. But uh, it's definitely, it's just, it's experimental filmmaking. I kind of, I did like where they were going with it, but I would like a story as well. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's not really there. And, you know, maybe uh, I'm dumb, yeah. maybe I didn't pick up on it, but I don't think that that's the case because it's a lot of it. Like, that's the thing, though. I want to quickly keep shouting out the sound design, though, because there were moments where I'm like, holy fuck, this movie's getting crazy. And I couldn't wait to see where it was going to, you know, end up. And by the time it ended, I'm like, I felt the same way I did at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew um, just as much. I don't know if, if if it's a reach for me to compare these, but it uh, it's I'm kind of going off of more like how I felt after watching these is it, it felt a lot like the endless for me. Like I, I was so excited for something oh. that just, it never came for me. And maybe that's not <laughs> the best example, but you know, uh, yeah, uh, it, it probably works for your, like your personal feelings, but the endless mm -hmm. is so much better. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And I, I can understand why you wouldn't like that one either, but that one is like, I see the, the correlations that you're making though, like the desert and the yeah. kind of trippy nature of it. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I just kind of just wanted a story. Yeah. <laughs> call, call me old fashioned. <laughs> well, as long <laughs> as you don't call them late for dinner. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I hate that. I made that joke. No, I love um, it. Is it my turn? Yeah, it is your turn. I think it is my turn. Okay. So the last one I want to talk about is a psychological horror comedy TV show. 
That's what I want to end with. Uh, so I I binged the fuck out of this. I, I watched the entire show like less than 12 hours. Like I, love I watched... is blind, doesn't it? <laughs> Man, everybody's obsessed with that show. Um, which is also love is blind is one of the funniest things for like when they actually meet each other. Some of the dumb it's... shit of people oh trying God. to get out of telling you people they love them. I am such a glutton <laughs> for it. <laughs> I think a lot of people are. That's why they're yeah. on season four after what, like two years? Yep. <laughs> um, okay. So anyway, back to this. Uh, this is directed by, directed and created by Janine Neighbors and Donald Glover. I watched Swarm. Oh, man. Is the whole thing out? Mm-hmm. Okay, Seven episodes. Yeah. I've been wanting to watch this. I haven't heard anything about it. So this is a fictional telling of a young woman who's obsessed with a pop star. Um, they, they allude to it quite a bit, but the pop star is obviously like a, a Beyonce type character. And they ha- she has this rabid fan base that's called the Swarm, which is akin to like the, the Bay Hive for Beyonce. I didn't know about a lot of this, so I had to like, google it after to figure this out but apparently beyonce has like a violent fan base that are like rabid um but yeah it takes kind of this concept of like the obsession with with hollywood and fame and these these people you know these celebrities who you know at the end of the day are people they're not gods they're not you know they're they're not yeezuses they're just fucking other than people. kurt russell uh, sorry i did I don't mean to be sacrilege other than Kurt Russell. Anyway. um, Yeah. It's just, it gets really fucking dark. It's kind of a, a slasher at times. It's, it's a big time psychological thriller. It it's deep. It's gross. I know I've talked to a couple people who honestly like dipped out of it because it, it has a very dingy portrayal of um, life for so many of these characters and yeah it's it's gross at times it it's um it's but you liked stuff. it oh my god it was really good it was binge worth like i haven't been something like that since like the second season of mindhunter damn like, yeah i it's just really really good tv and yeah i can't say enough good things about it usually i'm kind of a person who falls behind on tv shows yeah but this one i just was like okay the next episode has to play and you're just as this character that you're following gets more and more fucking strange it is wild man i love love to hear that love to hear it i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna watch it. i didn't i thought it was coming out like week to week i was gonna wait until it was all done to binge but if it's all there then fuck yeah yeah i, I just turned on amazon one day and it just kept playing and i was like yeah 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 give that to me yeah 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 that's awesome <laughs> Sick, man. Alrighty. Uh, last one I'm going to talk about is another 2023 movie. I didn't even realize these are all brand new movies that I'm talking about today. Man, so you're um, crushing the new year. New year, new you. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm just trying to get a head start so that I don't fall behind. I always like to keep up, especially on the indie circuit stuff. I don't even know what you'd call this if it's indie circuit or not, but this is a new movie on Netflix called Blood. <laughs> Blood. <laughs> Blood. It's in you to drink. <laughs> uh, yeah, blood like the game. What's blood about? I don't. I know nothing about blood. 
All right. So the synopsis of Blood is Jess, a separated mother and nurse, moves with her daughter and young son, Owen, back into their old farmhouse. Shortly after settling in, Owen is bitten by the dog, resulting in a mysterious infection from the bite. This Get sounds this? great. It sounds straight up like boozy stuff. Guess who directed this bad boy? Mm. Brad Anderson of Session Nine fame. Fuck so this off. is yeah the director of Session Nine and The Machinist, yeah. Trans Siberian. Um, the film stars Michelle Monaghan, who I think is always great, and our boy Skeet Ulrich, the original Skeeter. Yeah, Skeet, Skeet, Skeet. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Lucas yeah. himself. Yeah. And it also stars Finley Wojtek Hisong. Yeah, so he's Owen Finley. Oh, this looks great. Yeah, I, I'll be curious to hear what you think of it, because I, I think it's definitely something that you'll enjoy. Um, this one, yeah. Is this it, an American film or no? It is, yeah. It was written by Will Honley, who wrote Escape Room 2, um, which I never watched Escape oh, Room 2, but I remember we... Like, we, we did like Escape we, Room We one, fucked with we? the first one, yeah. Yeah. Like, those were dark times, but we fucked with the first <laughs> one. Um, he also wrote Bloodline with Sean William Scott. I don't know if you ended up watching that one. It's a serial killer movie. I think oh, he no. really liked Bloodline. Okay. I don't... Re- We've watched so many things. It's I know. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, The Hive from 2014, which I believe was the first feature of David Yarovesky, who went on to direct Brightburn. But yeah, this is a, you know, I hesitate to call it a vampire movie because I don't really That's know. That's what I was going to ask right off the bat. I was like, is this a vampire movie? It's, it's okay. So it's very much like My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To, Let the Right One In, where like not in tone. Things you love. Yeah, I do love both. I love both those things. I will say like, I like both of those movies more than this, but I still got, I still quite enjoyed blood. Like to me, this is like the kind of perfect Sunday morning afternoon horror drama. Mm -hmm. Um, It's predictable and it's nothing that you haven't seen before, but that's like I said before, it's not always a bad thing. And it's just really well acted. Like Michelle Monaghan is such a, She's such a force on screen and she really she really is. Yeah, she I, I appreciate her. Anytime she's yeah. on screen, I'm not upset. She always does it. She puts her whole everything into she it. puts in the work. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, the the two kids. Uh, so, yeah, Finley Wojak, his song and Skylar Morgan Jones. Those are they play uh, her and Skeet Ulrich's kids. Um, the movie picks up where Skeet Ulrich and her are going through a breakup. You know, he's staying in their old home. She's moving back into the home that they started their life at. And it wasn't as lavish. And it's like a kind of a dingy farmhouse. Um, But, you know, you start to see that she struggled with a bit of addiction in some ways, which, you know, these are all themes that you tend to see in vampire movies over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. But it's like such fertile ground for that. Like, I'm certainly not knocking it. You know, like, I think that's a there's a reason why people you know, comments on that kind of stuff so much with this, this type of horror movie. Um, but it's not your generic horror, like vampire movie. Like we're like, I, I'm pretty sure like there's nothing with sunlight. He's not scared of garlic, you know, but right. He, right. He the, has, the classic Draculisms. Exactly. But he does, he gets bitten by this dog and he just kind of develops a, a need for blood. So that's where it does fall into like, you know, it was hard for me as someone who like, clearly I love my heart can't beat so much. Um, but a lot of it is like, you know, going out and finding where, the, how they, how she's going to keep her kid alive. And if she should, the keep justification. Her kid alive. Of yeah. That. Yeah. But it's still like, it's just, it's well done. Um, the poster 
on IMDb. I don't know if you're looking it up right now. It's I don't I know what I, some of the imagery for this looks so cool. But do, do, do you see the poster of the kid with the red eyes in the background? Yeah, that's... that person should lose their job. <laughs> the movie's much better than that. It looks um, like like a producer was like, it needs to look more like 28 weeks later. Yeah, 28 weeks. Yeah, I don't know. Also, the dog is giving me a little bit of uh, Goosebumps intro Go- dog. Goosebumps. That's it. Yeah, big time. But uh, but no, it's for me, this is just like it's a, it's a perfectly middle of the road movie. I, I definitely kept my attention the whole time. Um, I, I would recommend it. Like if, if you're looking for something that you can, you know, just kind of let pass over you and it's, it's certainly not lacking in any mood. It's got tons of mood. Um, but I just think, yeah, the performances really take this one to a whole other, whole other level. It could be one of those movies that like, it's kind of predictable, but by the end of it, I was kind of shocked at some of the things, some of the areas they went. So I'm not going to spoil anything, but, uh, um, you know, I, I, I definitely want to check this out. Just kind of looking at some of these images aside from the, the funny poster, this, this looks pretty cool. It looks like it has its own mood to it. So I definitely want to check that out. I, I have to ask, um, how's the, the Skeet Ulrich factor? Is he looking handsome as ever? Does he look good as a divorcee? He he plays the divorcee very fucking well. Yeah. <laughs> and I like I like Skeet Ulrich. Um, but to me, like, you know, Skeet Ulrich next to Michelle Monaghan, that's that's a tough call because like she's so so good. And I'm not saying he's not, but he's always right. just kind of been billy loomis to me and then you know i never watched riverdale but he plays a big role in riverdale and he's making kind of a comeback you know we see him in the last two scream movies uh i'm a fan of his but uh but yeah no he he does the job but like that i think the kid is really solid in it and yeah michelle monahan she's just she's always great i think this is one that you're gonna dig boozy this is immediately on my watch it's hanging out there with uh the pacifier (laughs) awesome in good company yeah yeah so that's all i watched but man there's been there's been so much so much stuff has happened in horror recently like there's been lots of lots of things that people have been talking about and it's just been kind of making me think about something that i don't know man do you think maybe we should talk about some news you know it's it's been a, a hot minute since we've talked about the news at all and boozy should you hit should you hit me with the motherfucking newsy? Let's fucking go. What, what, what? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first Boozy's Newsies in what, like two years? It's got to be like two years. Christ. Feels anyway, good to be back. It's, it feels so good to be back. Anyway, I just want to say um, welcome to Boozy's Newsies. Take it away, Mitch. Yeah, so I'm going to lead us off with our articles because there is lots of stuff to talk about, but I think we should... There sure is. Let's lead off with... Uh, I'll, I'll announce what we're going to talk about, and then mm-hmm. you lead us off with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So okay. for, first up, The Last Voyage of the Demeter by Andre Overdahl has dropped. Uh, well, the trailer has dropped, and the film is set to be released in August on August 11th. Uh, so, Boozy, what are your thoughts on The Last Voyage of the Demeter trailer? Okay, so I know we've uh, discussed this. I, we've had to have discussed this on the show before because I've been so excited for this ever since I saw that Andre Overdahl, like what he was doing next, and then the brief synopsis of, off of one line from an Anne Rice book is 
it's just it, it's it had my heart pumping so when the trailer the, the only thing that i'll i'll uh touch on there is i think it's bram stoker's uh Dracula. sorry Brent, I, yeah i don't know why i said Anne Rice. <laughs> we got Anne rice on the mind from queen of the damned yeah i wasn't hungry for rice i was <laughs> just too stoked um anyway yeah seeing the trailer i think it's exactly what i was hoping it would be it kind of feels on honestly like a a vampire version of like alien three this kind of like cat and mouse game i know i'm really wild with comparisons anyway <laughs> this looks so cool yeah it's a, this idea of of just having this crew uh transporting uh, a vampire across yeah. uncharted water in the 1800s dracula. dracula and it's just yeah it, it looks fantastic i think the casting is great um i can't remember the one dude i just dr dre it's Dr. Dre from Straight Outta Compton, Corey Hawkins. That's not who I was thinking of. But <laughs> Liam Cunningham. You're Liam Cunningham of, is yeah from Game of Thrones and Dog Soldiers. Yes, um, Dog Soldiers and da- David Dashelman. I think that's how you say. It. Like he's he's in another mm-hmm. trailer we're going to be talking about today. Um, but yeah, this thing's stacked. Yeah, I just and it just you know they they showed quite a bit and it all just. I was there for all of it. I, I, the only thing maybe I'm a little bummed out about is we're going to get a dog death. So that kind of sucks. But yeah, I just, I can't wait for this. I think it's going to be a great cat and mouse game. I love the the little nods to having, you know, there's there's some depth even in the trailer. You look at the, th- like the the recurring knocking, you know, being they're yeah. they're like all good and stuff like that. It's just even little things like that. It's like, okay, those are those little beats in the film that are going to pay off for you. Yeah, or should time. pay off for you. You know what I mean? Those are your fun beats. So yeah. I'm I'm over the moon excited for this. For sure. Yeah, I think we're we're all big fans of Andre Overdahl over at the terror table here with the you know the troll like troll hunter, autopsy mm-hmm. Jane Doe. I really enjoyed scary stories to tell in the dark. I can't remember. Were you a fan of that one? Yeah, I, I actually I thought that was it was lots yeah, not to be a pun punny here, but like it it was actually scary. I thought it was really yeah. good. Yeah, no, I dug that one quite a bit. And uh, I don't know, one of the reasons I want to talk about this one on the podcast is I've, I've seen like so much vitriol thrown at this trailer and there's only smashing pumpkins, right? Dude, that's the only part like the, the trailer is so strong. But yeah, obviously we're living in a world where every movie trailer needs to have a, a classic. I hesitate to call it smashing pumpkin song a classic, but uh but the all these like you know very well known songs are slowed down, and oh, that's man. like yeah, it's like the the reverb Nirvana bullshit. They did that but, unhinged, in the yeah, unhinged trailer. Yeah. Why the the song doesn't fit with the subject? It just it doesn't fit overall. I don't care if you slow it down and make it all spooky. Also, why have we never got a spooky version of 1979? That's like true. spook that one up. Yeah, that one that one's better. Yeah, I think obviously oh, it's a better song too. The very obvious thing is I will say like my, I think the movie looks great. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. be there opening day. This is totally my shit. Like I love yeah. the, the I felt ship like setting. The, yeah. yeah. And like the, the, you know, the contained vessel where there's a vampire aboard. And then we see that the vampire is going to be like Bram Stoker's Dracula. Like we're going to see a monster that I'm stoked about, but my eyes did roll complete 180 in the back of my head. When you hear fucking Billy Corgan, the world is a vampire. <laughs> oh my god! 
like that that nearly killed it but that shows how solid the trailer looks to me like i'm i'm all for it man i'm i'm stoked for this movie it's love just, that guy's I, shit yeah and i i think just overall like i've said so many times just the the story idea itself and the elements that can be put into that like endless possibilities for it to be a cool you're gonna have to really fuck up for this to not be a really cool fucking movie exactly i i don't i think it's gonna be awesome i'm stoked for it yeah uh very much looking forward to that one i actually didn't have on the list for boozies newsies but completely forgot about it but i feel like we should talk about it if you've seen it i'm not sure if you have have you seen the trailer for talk to me yet no i haven't so talk to me is the new a24 movie which was directed by danny filippo and michael filippo and i guess they're like youtubers um but this movie is like said to be the scariest movie a24 has ever made and really the the trailer looks awesome i think it looks so good uh yeah the you'll have to watch it after after we finish up because yeah i'm gonna cue that up without a doubt i can already just tell it doesn't take a lot to say this but like this is going to be the movie that everyone's going to be gaga about this year um talk to me it's the synopsis of it is uh when a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces the Dude, movie looks is, fucking dope that that idea alone is kind of like uh flatliners this but with yep. a monkey paw yeah, it's very monkey's pop. We've but, went uh, too far. Yeah, I don't know. This is one that it's getting. That sounds... Yeah, the the early word is that it's it's tremendous. So that one comes out July twenty eighth. So I'm I'm so excited for that. Like, there's tons of really cool horror movies coming out this year. Uh, so talk to me looks dope. The Last Voyage of the Demeter looks dope. Um, breaking it up, we're gonna come back to one more trailer. But some other news is Blumhouse is remaking the twenty twenty two Danish horror film Speak No Evil. James McAvoy is set to star. James Watkins, uh, who directed The Woman in Black, and Eden Lake is set to direct, mm. and it's due out August 9th, 2024. So you never saw Speak No Evil, right? No, I didn't. That was one that just like narrowly missed my list this year, last year for top 10. Like it's the that was the feel bad movie of the year. Like it's so <laughs> <feel> depressing. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny games. Um, you know, when I saw that they were remaking, I'm like, first of all, why? That movie's less than a year old at this point. Uh, but James McAvoy's great. I'm I'm interested to see what he'll do with the material. Um, and the fact that it's directed by the guy who made Eden Lake, that gives me a little bit more hope because Eden Lake is right up there with funny That's games. A very strong offering. It's so fucked up. And uh, the movie Speak No Evil is very fucked up, but we are, we do be in that world where movies that are less than it, like they're talking, what's the other thing that they're remaking already? Oh yeah, they're, they're trying to get David Fincher to remake Squid Game already. What? It's just, yeah, it's driving me nuts. Drives me crazy. Oh man, like it, w- it wouldn't, I, nothing against Fincher at all. Obviously he's a of fucking course. genius, but it, it wouldn't fit. I, don't, I just want to see I him can't do see it. Yeah. As long as we keep him out of mank territory, we're good. I uh, want to um I want to take a gun and go to his house and threaten him and be like, make Mind Hunter season three. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he wants to make Mind Hunter season three too. It's the I that's one of the dumbest things that we have to deal with in this day and age is that we're not gonna get a Mind Hunter season three right away. It makes yeah. just no sense. 
but you know uh, it, it hurts it, it does hurt yeah um i will actually i'm going to toss in a little bit of news here uh, on, on a personal note as well because i i hope that it doesn't take as long as this did to get another season like i hope mindhunter doesn't take as long but you should if you haven't yet checked out the trailer for clone high season two i it is what clone high is, is coming back uh, yeah i mentioned this before my brother-in-law is one of the um artists for it but yeah check it out it, even the trailer looks hilarious he said yeah. it was it was wild to work on and it's very funny so. it's about time we got beavis it's, and butthead back after all these years and that was a gift right like yeah we just need undergrads <laughs> and well hey that's very true but we also did get alvin and the chipmunks and it was good chipwrecked or wait no you're you're thinking you're thinking i'm thinking of rescue uh, rangers rescue rangers yeah Yeah. which other chipmunks yeah um okay so yeah speak no evil the remake is it's coming it's coming at you uh next one is another trailer the boogeyman directed by rob savage received a second trailer and it is set to release june 2nd um this movie has tested through the fucking roof uh, I don't know if you saw the boogeyman from, I think we talked about this on the last episode that shows how bad my, our memories are, but there was a boogeyman movie from like 2004. That was just so bad. But, uh, but this one, yeah, it's, it's testing through the roof. Apparently it's just absolutely fucking amazing. And it's written, written by, by Scott Beck and Brian Woods, who are the writers and directors behind 65. Um, but they also, you know, wrote the original quiet place and that, um carnival movie haunt which was really cool but uh yeah boogeyman what you just you just watched the trailers what do you think i did i'm fresh off of watching the boogeyman's trailer that looks so cool i i think this is totally up our alley just just watching i'm gonna take some wild swings on comparisons again because apparently this is my episode to do this uh it feel it looks very much like a a lights out a darkness falls almost (laughs) of this yeah just this What would you call a night entity? Yeah, like good, good old supernatural horror in a in a house. Yeah, it's that that classic. uh, You turn the lights off going up the stairs, and you have to run really fast because it's dark behind you, and something's going to grab you. Um, There's like some cool monstery vibes to this. I I love the the creepy, crawly, spindly kind of. boogeyman i get yeah. literally booger man <laughs> what do you yeah. think Mitch? like i think uh, this looks fantastic i i was on board just from hearing about the uh i can't remember where i heard it but then i know there's articles that have come out since that like they did screen this one to test audiences and it was one of those ones where it was like gonna originally gonna go it was gonna go to vod and then it was mm-hmm. like the last time this happened was smile which was you know i'd like to think was a surprise for most of us I think so too. Um, yeah, I, I definitely I feel bad like not shit talking at the start, but not like you didn't say enough, it, but uh, not saying enough good things because it actually yeah. was like pretty cool and the monster at the end. Like, yeah, a lot definitely of good above stuff in that. Yeah, definitely above average. But yeah. just and you know the the thing that come that keeps coming back to me about Smile is the ending of Smile. Like, like the fact that you know it's not every day that we get mainstream horror movies that you know swing that fucking hard you know actually follow through with what the actual vision was which is something very bleak and disturbing well totally and especially for something that really did have this presentation of being just kind of that like generic 
Bloomhouse yeah. offering that just comes out, you know, every couple months they have to have something like that. It, exactly. It, and that's, it, it exceeded expectations in that regard. Yeah. And I'd like to think like, obviously we like a lot of Blumhouse movies here, but they're just generally yeah. known to be the, the company that puts out that YA horror that might not always hit for us, you know, now, now aged horror fans. I, I guess I, I kind of, uh, I broad stroke that just kind of being that like the truth or dares is, yeah, exactly. you know, Bloomhouse will drop those for, for the horror community. And, yeah. uh, you know, maybe that's more what I'm akinning it to. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm, I'm stoked for the boogeyman. I think we'll definitely need to be dropping a, dropping an episode as soon as that one comes oh. out. We, we got to get back to, I like that we're just doing 65 today. Cause uh, for a while there, we would just do every new horror movie. Um, and of course I like that we go back in time and check out other stuff, but, uh, it's fun. And there's talking. so many, exactly. And, you know, not all of them are fantastic. Yeah, no, exactly. Awesome. So yeah, boogeyman out June 2nd. Uh, this one's quick. I don't know much about it. I just saw the headline. This is classic boozies newsies where we just talk about the headline. <laughs> We're like, uh, hmm, I don't know, but, uh, hell house LLC origins has begun filming. I I'd kind of seen something about I'm very excited for that. Yeah. I know we um, weren't big I never saw the third one. Um I was not a big fan of the third one. I, no. I think just because it was like so ambitious and expanded you know, it told too much, you know, yeah. like the, the first one did a great job of like giving you stuff but being kind of vague about it. And even the second one I, I thought was pretty okay. But yeah, the third one was yeah yeah <laughs> i i haven't even, i haven't even seen it so i can't comment on that but i know that you and i were both pleasantly surprised with the original hell house I think LLC. One is, yeah really it's creepy yeah it is creepy. genuinely creepy yeah so that that uh there's another hell house coming our way and the last thing i have for this edition of boozy's newsies we don't also we don't know if this is ever going to come back again i'm sure yeah, it'll come knows? back but it's just fun to you know revisit it because it's been a long time <laughs> we um, brought it back from its coffin exactly like a renfield yes uh the last one i have is definitely kind of more so for me um (laughs) uh you know i got a soft spot for this franchise uh right a a very big a very big soft spot insidious the red door trailer drops april 20th first of all (laughs) 420 bro (laughs) (laughs) it'll be more like the green door (laughs) Uh, yeah, this oh, is no. said. I love that. This is said to be the final installment in the franchise, which, uh, but what, what makes me curious about this one the most is that this, this final installment is directed by Patrick Wilson, who plays the, oh. yeah, he plays the lead in, in the whole Insidious franchise. Uh, I think aside from, no, wait, he wasn't in three or four. So he's been in 50% of them. Uh, well, I mean, still, he has he has a pretty big claim to that anyway. Um, did he not direct a couple scenes before? I don't know if he he definitely hasn't directed any of the, the movies. Um, no, no, no. Things- I, I thought he had maybe directed a, a scene or something, but that I might be misremembering that. That's that's very interesting, especially somebody who is uh, even though they, they're only in 50 percent of them, kind of an anchor of the franchise overall. And, yeah, you know, maybe who who would be better to do it than someone who's used to walking in those shoes and portraying yeah, that? Exactly. And I know like one of the things I know just from, you know, I I, I got a big soft spot for those insidious movies. And <laughs> I know a lot you of you love like, when they whip out the guitar and they sing a ditty. That's exactly it. Yep. 
but uh but no this one it's also written by lee winnell and scott teams who uh i believe lee winnell he's written all of them at this point uh but i'm yeah i'm I'm looking forward to seeing i'm cautiously optimistic i know you hated the fourth one i didn't hate it but i like i liked it probably a lot more than i thought i was going to um so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how they tie this franchise up you yeah, know this- what um i know i'm not like a huge fan of it but i've i've stuck with this franchise the whole time i i'm gonna check it out yeah we're gonna need to see it i you know what i think the biggest takeaway might be like let's see what what patty wilson does here like maybe he'll be throwing out some other stuff maybe we have a yeah. new horror juggernaut in the weights yeah and like that's what i was kind of getting at is that he in those insidious special features because i like have all the blu-rays and i've watched all of those special features numerous times because i just i really like watching james wan work i think he's brilliant um but patrick wilson's never been a horror fan and now he's kind of found himself to be he's a horror icon from you know the conjuring and insidious Mm -hmm. so i'm curious to see what he comes up with because i know also uh jim helpert uh what's jim jim Jimothy, uh, Jim Jam, uh, John Krasinski, John Krasinski. Yeah, he he crushed a quiet place and a there quiet place, too. And he also wasn't a horror fan. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what they what they come up with. But by the time you hear this episode, which I think it's going to drop on Friday, the insidious the green door trailer will be up for everyone to see. You can watch it and, and be like, those guys didn't know what they were going to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's everything I got for Boozy's Newsies this week. I just think it's very exciting. We got the the last voyage of the Demeter coming out. You can tell how excited we are about it that we dug up fucking Boozy's Newsies to <laughs> yeah. talk about it. Hell yeah. Exactly. And even Boogeyman. I'm excited for it now, too. I'm glad we, we're going to check that out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, do you want to talk about 65? I would like nothing better to talk about 65. All right. We'll see you all on the other side. 65 million years ago yeah yeah there's something alien out there location unknown charter 373 this is commander mills my ship was hit by an undocumented asteroid transporting 35 passengers on a long-range exploratory mission. Send help. We've crash-landed on an uncharted celestial body. I don't know where we are. located one survivor a child the atmosphere is breathable there's something alien out there In a world where Adam Driver shoots dinosaurs with an overpowered gun. Adam Driver plays Adam Driver. (laughs) Adam Driver has the same haircut all the time. (laughs) Adam Driver is 
Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's up, everyone? And welcome to uh, our main feature where we're going to be talking about (laughs) 65, which came out a couple couple weeks ago at this point. I think it just came out. 65 million days ago. 65 million days. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The movie is written and directed by scott beck and brian woods who have brought us movies which we already talked about a quiet place so they wrote a quiet place which ended up being directed by john krasinski which really kickstarted their career but they also wrote and directed the movie haunt which i think both of us were were fans of i haven't seen it i've only seen the one time but i remember being pleasantly surprised uh they're the writers of the upcoming the boogeyman which we just spoke we just stoked we are yep and yeah, they're back with their their gigantic $45 million budget dinosaur movie starring Adam Driver. And in a world where Adam Driver drives a spaceship. <laughs> and yeah, the movie's synopsis is an astronaut crash lands on a mysterious planet only to discover he's not alone. Um, yeah, so boozy. I want you to lead that lead us off with this because I know this was one where when the trailer dropped, you immediately messaged me and you're like, dude, someone made a movie for us. This, you know, yeah. If there was a, a good description of like, hey, if you could bottle a bunch of cool shit that these guys would like and make a movie out of it and have Adam Driver star in it. Who we fuck with who we fuck with this would be it this like it's like i kind of mentioned it actually is a lot like um the story of turok the the 360 game if you ever played that one turok 2 seeds of evil hell seed of evil seeds of evil there's a couple of them um (laughs) anyway uh yeah i just it it's it blows my mind that this got me it's the same way where like after seeing like under underwater where it's like, wow, they actually gave people a budget to do this shit. Anyway, a um, big one, a big one. Yeah. 65. Like what a wild concept for a movie. And I'm sure it has to be like, because they're riding off the coattails of what's left of the Jurassic world steam. I'm sure that probably had to play something into this. Cause yeah, like that's the thing is like stuff like this doesn't get made very often. And it's these kind of, weird gems you come out like it's especially to have a bigger budget it's like when you know like the the starship troopers the the anacondas the you know it's these these random big monster movies that get the the huge budget that a lot of them deserve to just be wild and crazy and this is one of them um do do you want me to just talk about how i feel with it or do you want to yeah i want to i want to hear yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on it because this was one that you were very, very excited about, and yeah. of course, so was I. But uh, it hasn't. It's. It feels weird saying it's been hard to get out to the theater, and then I just talked about how I saw the Pope's Exorcist. <laughs> but uh, well, I mean that's that's must see TV, uh, must see on the screen TV. Yeah, no, but this this did come out a time though where it hasn't been easy. You've been super busy, so you weren't able yes. to get to it in theaters. And like this is a movie. I that can't believe normally... that we waited so. Yeah, like yeah, this would be been day so one busy. shit for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, overall, I, I think that this is above average, serviceable above average. I, I think that um, it it kind of does all the the character beats you want it to. It it you know it has some things that they it sets up at the start that pay off later. Um, it, it has uh, some 
it's strange. It it go it has some very cool effects at some point, and then some very bizarre ones that that really stick out. Um, I like I like the concept, like a, a lot of the the design concepts of of like the the human sort of stuff. The the dinosaurs felt very much like a copy and paste from um, King Kong, like the two thousand five one. The, you know what I'm talking the about Peter, the Peter Jackson one? Yeah, the do you remember the T Rexes that were in that yeah. one? They yeah. they kind of look like those ones. Um, yeah, I, it's got the classic the the companion you know story. Yeah. The the Last of Us beat that's so hot right now. Very hot the, right now. The father daughter thing, but they're not father daughter. Yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, overall, I I think that this was really good. Was I was I blown away by it? No, I think it it like I had mentioned, it does a great job of those classic beats right down to the the finale. It has that very um, what would you call it? Like that that action movie payoff kind of ending. I thought it yeah. was it was fun watching that. I I was. You know, I, I kind of cheered in parts. They're like the very end with the big baddie. I, oh, I man. Like when I when I was watching this, because I know we both went in a little bit. Probably we probably went about this movie better than anyone at this point, because we were actually excited about it. And then the world kind of poo pooed on this thing. Super very hard. much so. Yeah, super hard. Everyone's like calling it mid, which, you know, th- there's not not uh, saying obviously everyone can have their own opinion and everything. Like that, mm-hmm. But I think having those like low stakes going into it definitely helped us because you, you liked it. I liked it. Like I, I liked 65. I was, but it was also exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Whereas it seems like a lot of people going into this were expecting way more. And that might just be a benefit for me that I, I wasn't expecting a groundbreaking movie. I just wanted to see Adam Driver shoot fucking dinosaurs. I, and, I, and you did. Yeah that's you that's really what you want out of this like are you expecting to get like groundbreaking you know like philosophy or, I think or there was any room sort of for pant- that though that's the thing is like that's if i have one negative is mm-hmm. that there is definitely room for that but it didn't i think it having my expectations kind of lowered before i went in helped a lot mm-hmm. but also I, this is coming from a guy who like I grew up just like you, massive fan of the Jurassic Park franchise. Like I even like I loved the third one when I was younger, uh-huh. and I never saw the the latest one. And it's just because like they burnt me, and I'm like I just don't think I can do it. I, yeah, you I don't actually, need to see Dominion. I don't think I told you I, I did start it. Like I, I tried, I tried. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, couldn't if, do if it. I didn't have like if I hadn't paid to be in a theater to watch it, I would have turned it off. It was that bad. This is. This is much better than all three Jurassic Worlds, in my opinion. Mm, like, I, I know I like you the like the very first one. Yeah. Yeah. And see, I just for me, like this, I don't know. It's just exactly what I was kind of expecting. And I thought the dinosaurs looked awesome. And like, that's kind of what we're here mm-hmm. for. Um, you know, on a surface level, you can just tell like this is very much inspired by Planet of the Apes. Like this is yeah. the Planet of the Apes story, but with dinosaurs, which on paper sounds fucking awesome to me. And um, I know that originally I, I can't remember if they were trying to get it to be Tom Cruise and Adam Driver or if it was going to be Tom Cruise. Um, Tom Cruise? Dude, and I know you, I think because you have. No, no, no. I just, I'm trying to imagine like, because he would be like insisting on doing his own stunts. So he'd be like, we need to build the dinosaurs yeah. for me to interact with. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is like the movie, I think it would have been 
infinitely better if we did I have would have Tom went Cruise. And saw that in a heartbeat. For sure. But it also would have been double the budget. Like, without yeah. a doubt, having Tom Cruise would have been double the budget. And while I know we love Adam Driver, I think a lot of people love Adam Driver. I don't know if he's the box office poll that a lot of people would, like, I don't know if they'd agree with us. He's no Tom Cruise, you know? And that's not his fault. He doesn't have a 40-year catalog behind him. Yeah, and that's also, um, it, it's kind of a... You know, you can correct me if I'm wrong in this, but that's kind of also because we know him from Star Wars. I know he's done other things, but that's for a majority of people know him from is yeah, uh, you know, being Kylo Ren. But, you know, it's notoriously like Star Wars doesn't have a great track record of turning, you know, their stars into stars anywhere else. And yeah. that's, you know, that's uh, like. Fact. It's fa- other than, you know, obviously Han Solo himself, but you look at yeah. everybody else in there and they really didn't. You know, they all had careers after. Yeah, they Nobody found a career somewhere as, else. Yeah. yeah, they didn't take off as these big draws. And I agree that Adam Driver probably isn't a draw. He's more of a, you know, he's a good supporting character. Um, but yeah, he he does his fucking damnedest in this to be an action. He does Adam, the best he can. <laughs> action <Yeah>. Adam. <laughs> yeah, he is action Adam. No, and he he's good in it. I think it's just the 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 problems. If there are problems in this, it's for me. It's that there isn't a lot of room to really tug at your heartstrings the way that they were clearly trying to in some places. And I think that, you know, mm-hmm. there, there are emotional stakes in the story, but they kind of get lost on you because at the end of the day, you're watching a movie about a guy with a gun shooting dinosaurs. <laughs> like, yeah. So, and then when you have like the, the, the relationship between him and Koa and how they have the language barrier, that's where you, you miss out on those moments that you have in the last of us where they're able mm-hmm. to actually talk to each other and develop this relationship. And, you know, you, I feel like I almost didn't even really pick up on the fact that his daughter died right at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, be, it was kind of lost on me where I'm like, that's, that's an emotional beat that could have really been explored a little more, but at the same time, it's such a ob- obscure concept where right. he's, you know, landing on earth 65 million years ago where, that it, it kind of just ends up being it lives and dies as an action movie yep. and like the action sequences are cool but it's not the entire movie so there's there's moments of this movie where it does kind of i wouldn't say i was bored i've seen a lot of people saying that it was boring i think i like it looked better than what people are leading out with like a lot of people are saying this like i don't i just think it looked good like, uh, I I think so. I, there was a couple scenes, honestly, like especially at the start with the, like asteroid field. There was a couple, or the yeah, the asteroid shower. There's a couple yeah. scenes that kind of it looked very jarring to me. But yeah, I, I agree. I don't know why people are, are down its throat so much because yeah, like I I don't know. I always try and think about like what I could have done, you know, if I was in that position to make it more interesting or how I would change something in my own way and not to say that this is bad, but like just to take it to that other level, because it feels like it, it has all those story beats. It has this great idea of your, you know, your hero's journey and all the things they have to overcome. It just feels like maybe there was a little bit too much just wandering through the forest at points, but they did a lot of small things that I really liked in this. I love that, Every time you're about to see the Rex, they cut away from it. That was 
you know, they did such a smart job of you're just about to see it in all these scenes, even somewhere it's like a, a yeah. giant, you know what I mean? Like establishing shot. You're just about to see a walk on the screen. They cut away from it. I love that they built that like the big baddie tension like that. Yeah, there is that one hilarious moment, though, where he finds the the T-Rex footprint and he's like, yeah, what is this? And yeah. then you look up and there's a giant skeleton in front. of him. It's like, open your eyes, bud. Yeah. But, and, but at and the same time, like, it's all an that action. Yeah, all that stuff's super fun. I love that he he is getting chased and he falls in that hole and he has like a solid like five minutes to figure out how to get out of this hole. <laughs> yeah, no, and they, that's the other thing too is like the they brought back the quicksand bit. Yeah, and uh, I was talking about this with a friend uh, who also watched it this weekend. And he's like, "Man, it's been so long since we've seen like an awesome quicksand bit because like that's such an amazing beat for action movies." And then we immediately think about Prey. Yeah, I like Prey. Uh, Prey did all of this infinitely better but i still like i i, I think i love we both love prey so much yep. that this being like a lesser prey is still fine with I'm, and i'm glad you brought that up because that is that was one thing i was i had on my mind the whole time is this really does feel like it it has that blueprint like prey did everything in terms of like story elements and how it delivered like the the way you should like we we both talked about how like in essence, Prey is a better told story than the original Predator in terms of yeah. like the whole franchise. It's the best. De- it, it delivers could it very well be the best one. Like, exactly. I, love, I, I have I, no shame in that either. Yeah, saying I, that. It's, yeah, that's a tough like, one because Predator it, it really, is so good. It, it is, but it really, it, it does the perfect thing of that. You, you feel rewarded the entire time you're watching it. And every time your character goes through something, your character at, figures out something at the exact same time you do. You're not thinking ahead. And it just, yeah. it feels like those good Eureka moments where you're like, oh, we got this. Yeah. I, I, and yeah, you're right. It does feel like it, like 65 was so close because it had so many of these uh, ideas. It just never felt like you truly connected that way. And maybe that's because you just truly don't connect with the characters, but yeah, you know, and even some of the horror, they, they could have done so much more. Like I loved the, you know, him wandering around trying to see the escape pods or whatever, but I would have loved it. There was more tension in like him finding these escape pods and there being, you know, other animals eating it or something. It just, you know, or or other dinosaurs attacking him. It, it, it felt like sometimes they would do that stuff, but it, it wasn't enough. Like, really immerse me in the fact that you're you know give me that jurassic park moment of seeing like a giant herd of dinosaurs you know yeah give me that moment where it doesn't feel like every dinosaur is planted like an npc that's mm-hmm. that's the only thing it, it, it very it much felt feel like, like they were lot. there to service the story as opposed to you know it felt like they were invading his space as opposed to the fact that he landed on their fucking planet yeah yeah no that's a very good point i i do feel like it's you know it is i really really want to just be super positive on this because like mm-hmm. i hate how much it's being hit on because i don't think it deserves I, I re- and i really like it like i'm just yeah those are kind of the it things does have its talk- issues though yeah like it- those like those are the things that separate it from being like a really fucking solid like a, like an underworld for me or, or an underwater i mean like underwater yeah. is is such a movie that hit home for me that like kind of came out of nowhere I, this yeah. this was so close to having that same kind of thing yeah. it just yeah i think it, it was connect on the beats it was missing that like that sense of wonder that you get from like you know when you watch even i know a lot of people don't like the lost world i know you love it but like yep and i'm a fan as well but uh 
you know, there, there's still so much wonder to the, to the dinosaurs and the sequences. But I think that also might have a lot to say about the, the state of the world that we're living in right now, where it's, yeah. it's harder to, to grasp our attention and really um, enchant us. Mm-hmm. And the, I never once felt that during 65, but I think that there's so much room for that to have been the case, like where we yeah. could have felt that. Um, but it's still like at the end of the day, I'm like, I think also coming from us people who just watch everything, there's just so much, so much worse I've seen recently that I just don't like, I, I don't get the, I don't get the hate for this movie, but I think, yeah, I think especially people are just always going to be mad about things. That's true. And it, but it's also, especially because like we was talking about like movies like this are few and far between that gets those budgets. Like it, you know, even it's like an it's something- insane budget. I, but like even look at something like crawl like just things that come yeah. to the mainstream that you know you don't see in the big theater so to have this come out is very monumental yeah and uh, you know i i doubt it'll get a, get a sequel but i love that it's just this little standalone dinosaur space movie often you know like and that's another thing is i this is obviously a reach um but i'm really hoping that Maybe this can kickstart something where it's like, hey, maybe there'd be some value in kickstarting the Dino Crisis franchise again. You know, that's <laughs> I think that dinosaur the, space horror. Unfortunately, Boozy, I think that the way that this movie performed, that is officially laid that to waste. <laughs> Darn it. Because <laughs> yeah, no I don't way. know if you guys, like if anybody ever played Dino Crisis or, Big you time. know, knows. Awesome. Very cool yeah. dinosaur in space, especially the sequel. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall, though, if you like, monster movies that sort of stuff this you know you can't you can do a lot worse than watching yeah. this and and i will say that the one thing i really uh did enjoy that stood out for me i liked the the what would you call it? like the the final boss encounter that I, that was I, the best part of the movie oh my it was, sure. i thought it was so clever too i i loved the like using the hologram scene yeah. I, and like you know we talked about maybe those heartbeat moments not counting as much but like that one cut through where it's like i understood you know what they you were doing f- yeah totally and you you know you have like that touching moment and then you cut that with the the dinosaur like trying to bite this hologram and then you know you have out adam driver go full like these dinosaurs had nothing to do with the death of my kid but i'm gonna take it out on the yeah. energy <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it yeah no and i don't know like there's a there's the the one one of my big criticisms with it too is like this is now venturing into spoiler territory so i do want to give people a chance to dip out if you don't want this spoiled but i don't think that i don't think this is the type of movie where this what i'm about to say is going to destroy your your chance of liking 65 but the yeah basically i still say watch it watch it at home turn the speakers up really loud oh yeah nothing fucking incredible but it's also adam driver looking handsome shooting dinosaurs <laughs> so i don't know i'm i'm on board for that but the third where they introduce the fact that they're literally outrunning the comet <laughs> that is such a ridiculous like the whole concept is ridiculous i think i feel like the movie could have really benefited from that being introduced right at the beginning that automatically adds stakes where it's like they got to get off this fucking planet before the comet wipes out the dinosaurs and we kind of are introduced to that plot 
three quarters of the way through the movie. Yeah, and I agree. And I did like that as a plot element. It, it's a great another device of like, oh shit, we better get off the planet. But yeah, you're right. You're right. It, it felt like it should have been in the stakes but, a lot sooner. The thing is, if they would have introduced that at the beginning, they wouldn't have had time for the character development. Mm-hmm. But there was no fucking character development anyways. So it's like, it would have taken out those kind of slower hey you know what we needed that scene of adam driver drawing a really shitty mountain his yeah. explanation of we have to get here 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 i was like come on man that's a fucking reach in any I dimension know. yeah like the one because the, the one's like oh yeah the one emotional beat that i will say did did kind of work for me was where he like they have that language barrier and he starts like yelling about like how he lied that her parents are fucking dead yeah. and she couldn't understand what he was saying. I'm like, that, that was good, but it just was too little too late. I think mm-hmm. at that part, um, you just, yeah, I don't know. You just lose a lot by, I understand the whole language barrier thing. And I think that might also be Scott Beck and Brian Woods' thing. Cause they do that so well in the, in a quiet place. Um, but it just didn't really pay off in this particular instance. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, like would it made the story any like worse if they could both speak english and it's just the fact that you have this it kid absolutely who's scared? Made it better yeah yeah <laughs> it would have absolutely but yeah and you i feel like it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah but if this was real like that would never happen they wouldn't be able to speak the same language it's like yeah but you know what also would never happen is a guy crash landing 65 million years ago on fucking earth <laughs> to dinosaurs so like those debates kind of just fold in on themselves for me. And those are also that's a story element that I appreciate. And just just don't fucking question it when they're you yeah. know that you're in a in future technology flying through space and you crash land in you know what dinosaurs were. Yeah, and I know you disagree with me on this for sure. I understand that, but one thing that would have you know helped it for me was I was a huge fan of Kong Skull Island and uh-huh. Godzilla versus Kong, and I love that like the silliness that was in those movies like the over-the-top nature and i understand why like what see i remember seeing this trailer i was like oh this is absolutely boozy's version of those movies um but i think that it could have benefited from some silliness like because the concept is so silly to begin with um and i think like adam driver can also like he's funny he would yeah he's a funny dude and yeah i i totally agree just you know you mentioning that if they had a couple comedy elements even between like the you know the kid and him yeah. joking around and then have that juxtaposed with like something terrifying happening directly after yeah I, that would have been great yeah no for sure i think and the other thing that i saw like just from and the only reason i'm bringing all this up is because we're watching this you know a month after it came out so i'm able to see all the reviews and see what people are thinking and i'm seeing a lot of like uh people saying that like this is going to be like the official death in original ideas because that's the thing is like this is an original idea original ip Mm -hmm. it's not connected to anything and it's bombing so it's gonna you know affect movies in a whole i think that's a bit of a stretch (laughs) but yeah uh, that's i 65 is not carrying that mantle no bullshit i think there's many other examples that you could pull 100 but uh this one seems like an easy target right now which yeah. is weird. It, it seems weird that people would be rooting against a movie like this. But um, yeah, it's the world that we're living in. I think it was a tremendous swing. And I wouldn't say that it fully connected, but it's I'm, I'm happy. I'm you know, I'm happy. I didn't hate here. it. I, yeah. I honestly I would love to to own a physical and check out some of the the bonus features for this. So. I would that's something I would like to see though, is the I'd like to see the behind the scenes on this because 
I don't know. Like even to, like so much heart was put into it. It mm-hmm. just it's a it's a difficult situation where you're trying to you know convey humanity with two characters who can't really communicate with each other, yeah. and then you're put in this like kind of absurd situation. It's it's understandable that it's like this isn't an easy feat to pull this off. Uh, but I definitely I don't think it's the train wreck that I, that a lot of people are saying it is. But it's also one like I'm probably gonna forget about this in a couple months. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to at least come and watch this like one yeah, or two th- more times and maybe I'll, I'll grow. It'll be like a fine wine and I'll grow to appreciate it more. But yeah, I I've watched a lot worse things. I've watched way yeah. worse things. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, yeah. So do you have anything else you want to mention about 65? I, I guess the only other question I wanted to ask for you, because I, it's obviously one of the biggest parts of this movie is what do you think of the, the dinosaur designs themselves i thought they looked great like that was like the shining star like that's to me it i was kind of expecting it to look really hokey and i'm like Mm -hmm. you know jurassic park is such a marvel because the fact that movie came out in the 90s and still looks as good as it does and those were primordial like they they were so heavily practical covered like and with vfx i just feel like this one it looked way better than I was expecting. Yep. hundred percent. Um, yeah. Sorry. There's somebody outside yelling. At- <laughs> no, there, yeah, there are some, there's some moments where that, I don't know. I don't think the dinosaurs were any of the problem in this. No, I, I, I it's just, you know, that's a big part of it. And we're always, we're sticklers for, you know, our, our werewolves, our Bigfoots, so yeah. on and so forth. Um, so I, yeah, I did really like it too. And I love that there was like a bigger baddie than the T-Rex. I, you know, that was a yeah, very so cool, always a bigger fish. Yeah, always a bigger fish. And I thought the, the very creative ending for the whole thing, you know, it was much better than just running a dinosaur over with a spaceship or some shit. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I don't know how much more I can say about it. I No, this one's pretty fun. surface level. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, hope hope we've uh, convinced people to give it a shot. If you hated it, don't blame us. Um, <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's an it's an okay movie. Absolutely. Well, yeah. So that will that's about going to do it for this episode. Uh, but I think a couple things that we'll mention is that we will be back. Uh, we're going to be off for like you know I think this movie is going to come out on April twenty first, and then uh, Boozy and I are both going to be away from our homes for a week or so. I'll be in Calgary. If you hear this on the Friday and you're in Calgary. The Druid's Hand is playing April 22nd at the Globe Cinema in Calgary at Calgary oh, yeah. Underground Film Festival. I will be there. So come on, check Super it out. Super exciting. Are you excited? I'm very excited. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna go to that and then I'm going to head home for a week. So I'll hopefully see you at least mm-hmm. once or twice while I'm there. I'm going to come back to Saskatchewan. Uh, but in May, we are going to do Haunted House flicks. So, so fucking excited for that. Yeah. And I think the, so the only people we have uh, locked in so far is we're going to be bringing on Daniel Epler of Cobwebs, one of our good buddies. We and love Daniel. Absolutely. And Hayden Gilbert is going to be joining, joining him on that episode as well, uh, which is like Hayden was on the episode for Crimson Peak, which we mm-hmm. did just before Christmas. He's a blast. That, was uh, that episode, we're going to be talking about The Uninvited from 1941 and House by the Cemetery. So that'll give you... This gives you a little bit of a is chance. Is that the then. oldest film we've covered then? No, I, no, because we did Dracula. 
Jack Sears, 1931. Yeah. But we'll be yeah doing that. And then we don't know what we're going to do for the other episodes in what I'm dubbing ghost season with S Z N. Oh it's, man. I'm definitely, I'm going to go take a look and see if I can pull up something fun for us to watch possibly. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back in May to be talking, talking about uh, some ghost movies, but once again, thank you so much for listening to the terror table. Thank you as always. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, anything else, Boozy? Anything you want to mention? You know what? Go go check out those trailers uh, that we had mentioned before. Check out the yeah. Boogeyman and the the Voyage. Those those Voyage of Demeter. Yeah, yeah. Those both look incredible. And maybe you know, like, let us know if there's any other good trailer because there's always cool shit coming out and we don't always catch it. I I can't remember the name offhand, but Bryson sent me a, a trailer for a film the other day that I didn't know was coming out, and I was like, holy shit. Anyway, I wish I could actually remember it, but <laughs> that's, you know what? If you see anything yeah. cool, um, yeah, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Hit us up on Instagram. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Terror Table, and we will see you next time. Terror Tots. Ooh, delicious Terror Tots. <laughs> <laughs>